Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings everybody and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show where a couple guys get together and drink some beers and talk about the week in sports and the week that's coming. I'm Sean Carpenter from Whole Banker in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my regular Den of Thieves, Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and our good buddy Shea Brewer back in the Pacific Northwest from a couple weeks off doing a job. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you, boys. How are you, Bill? Let's start with you as usual. How's things going down in St. Pete? Things are great in St. Petersburg. We had one day of fall Saturday, but it was back to 94 degrees and 87% humidity today. So so much for fall. And uh, other than that, it's good. I, I know that uh, the NBA kicks off on Tuesday. So I, that's why Shay can't stop smiling um, as we can all watch each other. So we'll get to talk some basketball. And man, there's some fun stuff going on in football and, and baseball. And I can't wait to get into it. Good. Todd, how about you, bud? Hey, Sean, uh, all things considered, can't complain, have to uh, acknowledge um, all, our, all our friends down in the Panhandle of Florida, what a just massive uh, storm Michael was. Um, I spent a lot of time in that area. Uh, it was kind of surreal watching the Weather Channel, um, being at, you know, a couple of those places, Lachicola, uh, uh, St. George Island, all those places. So uh, that said, it's, it's awful, but it's amazing to see the uh, – you know, humankind, I, th- I think a year ago you had Ryan Bocross on and you talked about the Houston uh, hurricane and um, it looks like they're rallying down there, but it, boy, it's going to be, it won't be the same down there for a long, long time. Bill, I'm sure you're seeing a lot more of that than, than I am living in Florida. Yeah, it's, uh, it was uh, something that uh, it's never happened before. The category mm-hmm. four has never, uh, never hit the, uh, you know, that, that part of the country and uh, it was rough to see. It was it was the fourth strongest storm to ever hit. Ever hit. Ever. Yep. Yep. Yeah, which is uh, just absolutely amazing. And ramped, ramped up out of nowhere. That was the problem. Yeah, that's you know, a week, right? So then they knew it was coming for two weeks, right? Oh, Irma took forever, yeah. forever to get here. And this one, they, they found out about it, and within three days it was uh, hitting land. It was, it was amazing. So, yeah. yeah. Shay, how about you, buddy? What's going on with you? Good to, good to see you back. Been a couple weeks since you've been away. Yeah, guys, I'm happy to be back and get to uh, get to drink a beer and, and talk some sports with you guys. Uh, super, super chaotic. This uh, the NBA tips off on Tuesday, and we've got some guy. I don't. I think his name's like something James is actually coming hmm. to town Lever. on Thursday. Pronounced Larry. Larry. Larry James. Yeah. I think it's pronounced King. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So let's do a quick, quick drink check. Uh, I'm drinking a, I'm in Iowa City, Iowa, uh, actually Coralville, uh, for a week of some training with some great coal banker companies out here. I'm drinking a Big Grove Brewery Arms Race, American Strong Pale Ale, uh, located right across the river from the uh, coal banker office here where I'll be doing some training. Uh, Todd, what do you got? I saw you had something in your glass. I'm on the uh, pale ale train also. A um, little uh, brewery in Athens, Creature Comforts. Um, known for Tropicalia. Tropicalia. I'm drinking an automatic. Um, Shauna, I wonder if that's a shout out to our friends REM 
Um, All right, back to the people, right? People. But anyway, great pale ale. Excellent. Good. Shay, what do you got in your glass? Quite a little uh, 805 from uh, Central Coast, California today. So. 805! It's got a dark amber ale. <laughs> Very dark. See that? Pretty cool. Diete Coke. <laughs> Love it. Out Love of it, Atlanta, man. Georgia. Well, let's get started. We Guys, we are really uh, – Shay talks about the NBA tips off on Tuesday, um, and that's next Tuesday, right, Shay? Not tomorrow? No, we're talking tomorrow. Oh, oh tomorrow. Sean. And then in, uh, and then in a week, um, college basketball has kind of already started because we had all the March, you know, the midnight madnesses and things like that. But, guys, really in about the next uh, three weeks, all the major sports are in play, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball. Uh, Hockey. It's, it's really a cool time uh, to be a sports fan. So why don't we start with, with, the, with the league that um, only has four teams left, uh, and let's kind of – uh, let Bill kind of take over the conversation. Let's talk Major League Baseball. We are in the championship series right now. Both series split 1-1 after the home openers in Boston and in uh, Milwaukee. Um, Bill, where do you want to start? Because I think both series are setting up to be pretty solid series. Both series saw their uh, – the home team saw their – or actually not the home team. One home team and one visitor team saw their kind of their aces uh, not get a win. Right. Kershaw and Sale, right? Um, uh, so, so take it from there. Let's let's just let's talk about the the, the play in games. Let's talk about where we're at right now. Yeah, I think in the well, let's start with the AL, right? With uh, two really good teams. I mean, 108 win Boston, Houston mm-hmm. won 100, and I can't remember. Uh, they were 100. Yeah, right at 100. I mean, so that that some powerhouses, and just watching those lineups come up when you see Altuve and Springer and Correa, you know, just it, it just keeps going, right? down uh down the Houston lineup and then Boston's mashers with JD Martinez and just all those guys it's uh it's it's fun to watch but i think having sale and kershaw both go down in game 1 to win game 2 was huge for both of those yeah. championship series cuz you get to 1-1 you can kind of live with that uh it's a seven game series there's a whole lot of baseball to play uh, so you know i i don't uh, it's just getting rolling i mean we're just getting started and i think Sean you're you're getting what you want you always want this thing to extend out. We haven't had uh, a game, a deciding game yet in baseball. You know that final game five or game seven. We got to get right, exactly. We got to get some of those. So that's the goal. Interesting game last night in Boston. Um, two big, huge games in Boston, which we'll we'll circle back around when we get to the bell. Um, but you had two pitchers, David Price and Garrett Cole, both number one draft picks overall in their in, in the MLB drafts. So that's kind of interesting that you saw. Obviously, there's been a lot of number one picks that have kind of fizzled out, but to see two guys pitching in the American League Championship Series, yeah, uh, and it was just—I mean, that was a great ball game last night. I mean, there was, there was, you know, it was typical American League, but there was also a lot of, you know, player movements and there was shifts and there was it was just a, a yeah. I thought a well played game on both sides. A lot of scoring, yeah. Um, that's typical AL baseball, especially in that ballpark, and just to watch. Uh, uh, um, I forget his name. Closer for the Red Sox came out of uh, came out of the National League. What's his Kimbrel. name? Kimbrel. Yeah, Kimbrel. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell, Atlanta guy. Craig Kimbrell, yeah. Yeah. So watch to watch Kimbrell uh, have fun in that uh, ninth inning and that last shot. I mean, you didn't never know. You don't just don't know it at Fenway Park when something's going high to left field, right? That Green Monster is not very far away, but uh, stayed in the ballpark. They won the game, huge. And I, it, uh, I think, um, I think, you know, if you 
if you try to kind of play out where this thing is going to go, uh, I'd love to see a game seven back in Boston. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. better, right? That's, that's, uh, that's baseball. So. Well, and the beautiful thing about the game seven in baseball is every pitcher is available. I mean, it's just, you know, every single Look, If you're the Brewers, every pitcher is available right now. I mean, they, they've adopted the Tampa Bay Rays opener philosophy pretty deep, right? Yeah. I think you're going to see some weird stuff in L.A. because uh, uh, Council pretty much said, you know, everybody's – he's whatever it takes to win the game. They want to win that game and not so, worry about saving somebody for a potential game seven. They're, they're trying to win every game. Let's talk about Todd's favorite uh, topic, and that's instant replay. Um, <laughs> Bill, were you watching the game last night when the, when the – play happened where Jackie Bradley Jr. is at the plate. He, he hits oh. one off the ground. Yeah. It goes up in the air. It does hit him on the way back down, but then the, 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 the catcher stepped up, got it, tagged him out, and they called him out on the field. Right, because the, the umpire didn't see the, the, the ball touch him on the way down, but he was still in foul territory in the box. When that ball touches him, it's foul. That's just the way it is. Correct, but yeah, the, umpire, the umpire, umpire called him out, and it's mm-hmm. a non-reviewable play, non-reviewable, yet they went to review – and called it foul ball. What was your thoughts on that? Because, um, look, the, the Houston manager uh, came out and talked to him, but he didn't really – he didn't lose his shit, you know, like he could yeah. have. But yeah. Very interesting that it was a ruled out on the field. Um, you know, now, now, now fast forward, the next play he flied out. But right. um, what, what was your thoughts on that play? And has MLB come out and said what they were talking about? Yeah, I haven't heard anything uh, at all, and I'm trying to uh, did uh, to refresh my memory. Did did uh, Cora come out of the Red Sox dugout and challenge the call? No, Cora didn't challenge so, the call. He so came the, out, yeah. and as he was coming out, so was Hinch. Yeah, and then the, the the umpires kind of all huddled in front of the plate, and the umpires themselves decided to make that review and call it upstairs. Yeah, so I'll be honest, sound was off when I was watching that play. Um, I think I might have had the football game up at that moment. Yeah, well, darling, you know, it's it's definitely a non-reviewable play, and the wow. they have in the booth that's like the you know the, the official um, analysis guy. Uh, he said, "Yeah, it's not a reviewable call." So the only thing they could be reviewing is to see um, uh, the count or something like that. But then they, you know, clearly Joe West, the the crew chief, came out and said foul ball. So they they used it for review of something to say it hit him. Yeah, and I guess maybe because the umpires couldn't agree. Um, well, well, I mean, here's the deal. It may be a fair or foul uh, somewhere that is not reviewable, but if, whether the ball, the, whether the ball touches the batter or not is reviewable. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. I'm not sure where they're going with that. I don't yeah, know. Hinch, Hinch didn't really have a problem with it. And then, you know, but just, it was interesting. The very next pitch, Bradley hits a launch that fell short of the warning track. But as soon yeah. as it happened, you're like, oh, man. Don't let this go out. Yeah. <laughs> don't let this go out. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, what, what do you, what, Todd, what have you seen in the, did you watch any of the Milwaukee, LA? So Sean, I'm, I am following uh, the series. I'm, I, I'm not watching a lot of the series. Um, it's not for a lack of interest. Um, it's just either uh, as Bill alluded to, watching football, um, been just busy doing other uh, other life stuff. But I, I'm definitely following it. Um, Kershaw looked. Uh, I think he came up with. Uh, uh, he got hit pretty hard, if I uh, if I read correctly. Um, so although he had a good. Uh, Division series, I guess he's still struggling a little in the post series, um, but I, I agree with Bill. Game seven in Boston would be would be amazing. Um, those two um, are great. Milwaukee, I mean, maybe I, I shouldn't. I've been following as much as I should, but that to me, they seem to be a little bit of the surprise, right? Um, but again, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've been good all year. I've just slept on them a little bit. Yeah, um, great, great, great bullpen. You know, just decent starting pitching, but 
But you know, you got the MVP in Christian Yelich. You got Ryan Braun, who seems rejuvenated. He's having a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. Stockis, Travis Shaw. I mean, they got they got some talent. Um, I mean, look, they they won 13 straight games, right, to end the season. Into yeah. the postseason, their first loss yeah. was to the Dodgers in the uh, the uh, DL, the sorry the National League Championship Series. So you know, Todd, you, great you time, mentioned, right? mentioned that Kershaw got hit pretty hard. He really didn't get hit pretty hard, except for that one inning where the catcher sold him out. I mean, the catcher had. <laughs> A, a pass ball, a catcher interference, and an error. He didn't get it. Yeah, Osmani Grandal had a tough game. Oh, I mean, yeah. and you know that it was just it one happens. Of those it happens. Um, I think Smoltz is doing that series, right? And yeah, uh, I love I love Smoltzy. He's a great, he's so good. But he was analyst, just like, right? he's just like, man, it's just such a tough spot because the pitcher can't yell at him. No, and the pitcher doesn't even want to talk to him because he's just hoping. But boy, you know, he walked in that dugout, and no one talked to him, and it was you know he missed the he missed the throw from center field. He he. Reached out and tipped the guy's bat. Two pass balls, yeah. To, first, to the first baseman, which then put him on first. Yeah, it was so. so and, and then Todd, once you know, two unearned air, unearned runs, and then and then he got hit off that. And yeah, yeah. Tell, it kind of threw him off his off his rhythm a little bit. Whereas Verlander in Game One in Boston looked man for what is he 37, 36? Yeah, 35. 35. Right? And he just yeah. and he just looked good. And you knew as the game progressed, he was gonna get stronger. Like his that's his MO, right? He, he usually throws 17 or 18 pitches in the first inning and then just goes down from there. Kate Upton. So, Kate Upton influence. That's all. Yeah, yeah. She's found a youth, right? Um, Bill, <laughs> as they say, the the pitcher's best friend is a double play and uh, on the yeah. side, just giving those extra outs, just you know. Well, especially with pitch count. I bet a hundred years ago, you know, maybe that affected them, but not as much. I mean, they know pitches. They know, you know, when they're getting high in their limit. And just one or two uh, extra outs can add 20 pitches. You know, that's that's an extra inning or two um, that the pitcher can go, go in the game. Um, Sean, I'm, I'm not – I don't know if you're done talking about this, but I do have to say, Shay, you, you might remember, 26 years ago, I believe it was Monday over yesterday. the week. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. It was the anniversary. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. I was. I remember it. Uh, where were you in Slid, Bill? Do you remember that? You talking about 1986? Uh, no, 92. Oh, Sid Bream with uh, the Pirates. Yeah, that, that lumbering around uh, third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And scored on Barry Bonds' worst throw ever by awful, a right awful left throw. Right. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. I'd gone to bed. I'd gone to bed. I thought for sure it was over. I was watching with my brother-in-law, Greg, who's a Mets fan, who to this day swears he was out. Of course, he's just ribbing me a little bit, right? <laughs> and, uh, and Sean, I was also watching with our buddy Tim Logan. Uh, he was in town for an interview or something. So I, I remember like it was yesterday. It's crazy. He, yeah. he, he should have been out. Any other left fielder, he's out. <laughs> <laughs> well, any other runner, he would have been safe by five steps, right? True, true. Yeah. Sid, Sid lumbered. He didn't run. Yeah. So the series, the series now uh, in LA, and then going to open up in Houston. Uh, like I said, both both Tomorrow, right. series tied one one, uh, and I believe you guys told me Milwaukee's up one nothing right now in the fourth. One nothing going into the sixth. In the sixth, okay. So that game started kind of early. So, all right, let's uh, let's actually let's get Shay involved here. Let's let's do a little NBA preview, and Shay will kind of turn it over to you here. You are uh, back with the Portland Trailblazers, uh, ready to start the season. Um, you've seen some preseason games. Uh, how many how many preseason games do you guys have at home? We had, we had three this year. So is that normal? We have the, uh, the three, Sun, three Sacramento, and uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. They normally do th- about six preseason games for the teams. Three on the road, three at home. 
Yeah, we'll do about we'll do about three on the three on the road, three at home. Sometimes we'll do two at home, and we'll do one up in uh, in Vancouver in British Columbia. Okay. All right. And so, why don't you our uh, adopted team, the Trailblazers? Tell us, tell us uh, <laughs> what the what the outlook is on the team, and uh, who do we want to watch this year as a star? Well, I, the Trailblazers actually didn't make many additions in the offseason like a lot of the Western Conference teams did. Um, stuck with the same core, Damian Lillard, CJ, CJ McCollum. Uh, we've got Nurk down low, and we're hoping to really develop some of our younger guys uh, from the last two years in the drafts, Zach Collins and uh, Caleb Swanigan is another big body. So we're going to try to develop those guys and hoping that we can stay healthy. Yeah, we got Afro Mino, Mo Harkless. So we've got some names. Uh, 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 always a great selling point in the arena. We've got Curry this year. Not Steph Curry, <laughs> but we've got Seth Curry. Seth. <laughs> <laughs> so that's <laughs> Curry S- White. So we got S. S- Curry S- over there. Yeah, there you go. On the back of jerseys. It's helping jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> driving, driving driving up the Indian uh, the Indian culture in the neighborhood, right? It's a little Curry on the <laughs> Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's here all night, everyone. He's here yeah. all night. Yes. Try, try <laughs> and so, so give us the preview of let's start in the West because are you, uh, you know, gosh, we can go back a couple of years on this show. Uh, Golden State penciled in. Is there any chance that Houston or, or the team down in Los Angeles uh, challenges uh, Golden State? I mean, the West is going to be tough this year, but Golden State's got a chance to three-peat, and they only got better in the offseason. And DeMarcus Cousins and, you know, just another year with Durant gelling with those guys there. And you got young talent like Jordan Bell finally getting some minutes. So uh, it's going to be difficult for anybody in the West to dethrone Golden State. It looks like a three-peat all over again. Just a matter of – Does DeMarcus Cousins play before Christmas? No. I I don't know if he plays before the All-Star break. Really? It's no what need kind of, for him what kind of money does he make to sit until February? Well, remember, DeMarcus Cousins got signed on a really friendly contract. What was it? $5.5 million for a year? I'll take that that's, friendly contract. That's a veteran minimum in the NBA. So. Wow. wow. <laughs> it's all relative, right? All right, so so what are you seeing in the East, Shay? Uh, is Boston the team to beat? I mean, I think I think you guys all know on this podcast how I feel about the East. I think uh, I think you got to trust the process. And there's some changes <laughs> made in Philadelphia, but I think Philadelphia competes with Boston. I think you've uh, you've got Kawhi Leonard if he decides to play this year uh, could make Toronto uh, a contender, and then you've got the Greek freak and Giannis who's actually uh, been working on his three point shot. So I think the East is going to be a lot more competitive than uh, than we want to admit, and not to mention. The Heat were this close to pulling off the Jimmy Butler trade, and I wouldn't be surprised if it got done at some point in time during the season. Is Jimmy Butler all that? Is he really all that? I, I know he gets a max. A con- I know he gets a max contract because you know he's the, he's going to be the top guy in the team he plays for. But it does it doesn't seem like he's really even made a team better. He, he's a top ten player in the league. He's a he's an Olympian. He's won gold medals, and he's a better, more offensive version of Paul George. Mm. He's longer. He's a, he's a he's a mix between a Paul George and a Kawhi Leonard. Mm. So he, he's going to give you more scoring. He's going to defend, but he's not as as long and as big as a Paul George is. But he's going to give you a lot more on the offensive end. 
Um, interesting thing about Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler came up with Tom Thibodeau up in, uh, in Chicago. And then when Thibodeau mm. went to Minnesota, he followed Thibodeau to Minnesota. So a lot of the reason with the failed trade is Thibodeau's wanting to keep Jimmy Butler with him. And Jimmy Butler kind of wants to branch out and kind of do his own thing on his own. And I think that that would really benefit Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a bona fide scorer in the league and he's, he's an all-star and he's a, I'd argue he's a top six, top seven scorer in the NBA. He definitely um, shook things up though, the way he handled, you know, what's happening there. Right. I mean, it got a lot of airtime on uh, ESPN going into that practice, just kind of like trashing everyone, you know, then, uh, sitting right down with an ESPN reporter to do a, an interview right afterwards. He, he definitely was trying to push things, push some buttons, right? Yeah, well, from, from what I got from the inside, the deal was done. The deal was all but done. The uh, the physicals had been sent over. Uh, we were act, They were actually going through the logistics, just making sure that the medicals were signed off on. Tom Thibodeau and Pat Riley didn't see eye to eye. Thibodeau came back and wanted to ask for more. And Jimmy Butler had already been told that the medicals were submitted and he was, he was told to go take a physical. So the trade was finished. And then all of a sudden the, the trade's canceled and Jimmy Butler's like, now I have to come back to you guys. So that's what happened. There. <laughs> I, I would be upset if I was. <laughs> I get it. Shay, um, a lot of, I don't go super deep on the NBA, but I, I do try and go pretty wide and, and know what's happening in a lot of teams. A lot of people, it seems to me, are saying that um, the Greek freak is kind of the favorite for the MVP this year. Do you concur with that? Absolutely. He's a walking triple-double. Anytime he steps on the court, he's going to give you a triple-double. And the only thing he was missing was a jump shot. He spent the entire offseason working on a jump shot. And now that Jason Kidd's no longer his coach and you're not trying to make him a point guard, he can actually be himself. And I think he's been in the league long enough that he understands how to be a leader and how, how life in the NBA works and the grind. And I think he's going to put up points. He already defends and, and he gives you the assist and rebound. Why not? And on, on Wisconsin, right? You got the Packers. Now you got the Brewers playing well. You got the Bucks maybe making some noise. It's a good time to be a cheesehead. Yeah. AJ, uh, I'll bite Sean. I'll bite Greek Freak. Who's the Greek freak? I'll bite. Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? That's that's easy for you to say. Close enough. Like that, right? Up in in, uh, Milwaukee. Hey, Shave, uh, the the Celtics kind of intrigued me because last year Tatum really grew into an amazing player as a rookie um, with with Hayward being all but out for, what, four minutes of the season um, and and Kyrie out pretty much for the last third of the season – what do you think that team's going to do now as far as who gets the ball? Is it, is it Kyrie's team? Is it going to be Brad Stevens' team? What, what do you see happening there? Because that, that, that team to me seems very stacked. Um, but like you said, they're, they, they're going to play you know, a lot of good teams in the East that are probably – there's no Golden State in the East. If you're Boston, you can't ask for a better coach in that scenario than what they have. Yeah. Brad Stevens has a strong college background and it's not a, it's not a, he's not a me guy. He believes in the team philosophy. And I think you you can go so many different directions. You got a, a veteran leader like Al Horford on the court and Jason Tatum, and then not to mention Jalen Brown and Kyrie. I mean, you, you've got so many options and it's just a matter of finding the open guy. And I think that uh, Brad Stevens really implements that in the system with the guys. Nice. Well, NBA will will start picking up a little highlights, and we'll start seeing some some uh, some teams stepping up and, and and some teams stepping back. 
Uh, let's talk quickly about hockey. Uh, Bill, I want to tip my cap to you. The uh, the Lightning took it to my Blue Jackets the other night. Uh, still got to verify your, your Venmo and send you, send you your winnings. <laughs> I, t- I made a bet for the lis- listeners. I made a bet with Bill because I was feeling good about the Blue Jackets coming off their win at Miami, uh, the Florida Panthers. Um, and I know that the Lightning have been struggling. So I, I, I said to Bill, I said, let's, let's make a bet. And li- literally like 27 seconds into the game, <laughs> Blue Jackets were down one nothing, and then it was – nothing then three nothing um, they lost seven to two anytime you see a, a seven on a, on a hockey scorecard it's not good um i think i think it matched the baseball score that night yes. <laughs> one of the games was seven to two yeah i think it did so uh hockey's off to, off and running uh nothing really to talk about there let's let's turn to the college football let's get todd back in the game uh guys why don't we just go chronologically through the week because bill your team your backyard team usf bulls uh we're getting beaten by tulsa Pretty much the entire game until the last drive, I believe. Yeah. USF hangs on or, or comes back to win 25 24. Uh, they stay in the top 10 or they stay in the top 25. Top 25, right. Three teams in Florida are ranked, and none of them are Miami and Florida State. Um, <laughs> UCF, Florida Why, Gators. You, you say that with a grin. I just, I say that just as a fact. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, Some facts make you smile, Bill. That's, that's all. true. Okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Alabama uh, wins, but but they lose Tua. Not not. I don't think Tua's out by any means, but he went down. Uh, on did you see the play he went down on, uh, where he was he kind of scrambled and he slid. He slid feet first um, and tweaked his knee, or he has a brace on his leg. Seemed um, pretty benign though, didn't it? It did, right? It, it really yeah. did. But um, they bring in Hurts. They they win thirty six to sixteen. Uh, Ohio State kind of. Uh, they pulled away at the, at the end there with four minutes to go, but they beat Minnesota 30 to 14. Dwayne Haskins, another big day. Um, going to be interesting to see if he can step up and uh, have a couple big games against Michigan State and Michigan. But really, Ohio State, um, they go to Purdue this week. Uh, that game got flexed by ABC to the primetime game. So Purdue at Ohio State. Um, not sure if somebody knows something. Um, but – Ohio State looks to be on cruise control until the uh, Michigan State game. Uh, Todd, let's talk. Let's call call a timeout and talk about Notre Dame. Uh, they jump up to number five in the country. Uh, they they struggle to beat Pitt, but they they beat Pitt on a late uh, late touchdown pass. Um, they win nineteen to fourteen. Um, they'll, they'll be favored in every every game they have left. Um, what's your take on the Irish? I know you kind of have a soft spot for the team in your heart. I really, I really don't. I lived there um, when I was two years old. Moved when I was four. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a Brian Kelly fan. Uh, I think if, if the right coach was in there, I could warm up to him. But I'm just, just not a fan. Um, I'm just not a believer in this in this squad and the teams they have coming up. They're in great position to, you know, have a claim to the Final Four. But I, I just, I take them seriously as a national title contender. I'm hoping USC, um, you know, beats them just to kind of knock them out. But again, yeah, there's Irish fans everywhere. It's it's nothing personal. I'm just not a big Brian Kelly guy. And um, it'll be great to see Todd is if if they made if, if the committee just said, all right, look, we can't decide who's number four, so we're going to make UCF and Notre Dame play each other to see who's number right, four. a playing <laughs> game. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. And and I'm a firm believer, and and it's it's happening. Uh, but things tend to shake out in college. Sure. Well, um, there, there's going to be one or two debates at the end, but <laughs> in the middle of the season, there's 40. So it's, it's going to, it's going to whittle its, its way down. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Um, did you guys? Any you guys see the, any of the Iowa State West Virginia game? That was um, a that was a whooping right there, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the other top. Yeah, thirty to fourteen. Uh, but Will, Will Greer, Greer just just was looked horrible trouble. all day, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Bill, your your big uh, Pac twelve uh, kind of kind of a preseason semifinal. Um, Oregon beats Washington in overtime. Oregon now goes on the road to the Palouse over to Washington State. Uh, college game day can be there for the first time. There's only 12 teams left in the Power Five, uh, the Power Five conferences that have not hosted college game day. This will be the first time for Washington State and Pullman. Uh, wow! You see the flag there every week for I think the last 18 or 19 years. The Washington State flag's been flying, but first time ever. Um, every SEC team has hosted college game day. I saw that on Twitter. Even Vanderbilt, uh, yes. Uh, four Big Ten teams have not hosted. Um, two, two Big East, Iowa State and uh, Kansas. Um, is, so. is there a story on that uh, Wazoo flag? Do we know a little bit about it, like the uh, the story, the guy, the issue, how it's yeah, There's around. been a story, I'm sure, I, I think Tom Rinaldi, or you can go online, not a 30 for 30. But, yeah, yeah, probably a 30 for 30 but on the story. They, they, each time they announce where it's going, they uh, – I'm sure this week there will be a story because it's back right. in Wazoo, but um, they get a Washington State alum every place they go to to go and wave it. To manage the flag. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Pretty, it's pretty cool, yeah. It is. It's very cool. And it's respected, I think, by every every home, you know, like Notre oh. Dame or whatever. They don't care because it's just – it's so innocuous. Yeah. They, right? they probably give the guy a spot. You know, here, get right here in the <laughs> middle. They probably hook him up to make sure that the flag is being seen. That's great. Hey, jump in. It looks like you want to say something about that. Well, not not necessarily the flag. I've got an interesting fact on Washington State. There's only one team in college football that has covered the spread every week of the season, and that's the Washington State Cougars. Uh, <laughs> way to throw the Brewer jinx on them, Shay. <laughs> yeah, and against the spread this week. Mike Leach and Shay Brewer. <laughs> yeah. That's good, man. <laughs> That's at Y2 Guys, this is a big game. Like, I, I, Maybe it's just because I'm in the Northwest, but Oregon beating Washington Huge. sets Oregon up in a driver's Even with the loss to Stanford, it sets them up in a driver's seat to win the Pac-12 North, right. to win the Pac-12. And if, and if you – I mean, with, we haven't talked about it yet. I know we're getting to it, but with some of the losses in the SEC that just occurred, you could see a Pac-12 team sneak in the back door, and it could easily be Oregon. A path mm. to the playoffs, you're saying, yep. huh? Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, obviously, uh, Washington State, um, you know, Martin Stadium, tough place to play. Been there. Uh, not 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 during a game, but I've been there on a road trip. Um, kind of a neat little sleepy town. Shay, have you ever been over there to Pullman? I haven't gone to Pullman yet. It is literally, I well, think, like uh, seven, miles, seven miles from the Idaho border. It is in the far, far southeast corner of, of Washington. Um, they call it the Palouse. It is – out out there right <laughs> it is out there um but so that should be a, f- a fun game uh let's let's quickly roll through uh michigan state beats penn state i don't know if you guys watched that game i thought i was texting you uh, michigan state calls a fake field goal they're down three it would have been a 40 yard kick to tie it in beaver stadium they call a fake field goal where the guy rolls to the short end of the field and throws it back against his body to a 300 pound lineman in the middle and I was so disgusted with the play call, I turned it off. And then <laughs> with two, you know, last play of the game, Michigan State scores a touchdown uh, to win. 
Um, so Penn State drops out of contention. Obviously, uh, they would have had to have lost – or Ohio State would have had to have lost twice with, with that loss. Texas continues to win. Bill, your team, UCF, you're, you're, you're on the, kind of on the bandwagon. I got to admit, you're kind of – every time Todd tweets about him, you kind of jump on their bandwagon. I just love, I just love digging Todd. <laughs> That's all there is to that. <laughs> this is a team – I don't know if you saw Feinbaum, Feinbaum going kind of off on them on, on SportsCenter. Yeah. You know, they struggle to beat Memphis – Look, they've won, what, 19 in a row now? Longest winning streak in the country. Um, yep. their, their opponent's record right now is 12-30. Mm. and 30. <laughs> um, Not their fault. Not their fault. I, I understand. Yeah. Beat, beat the teams you're scheduled against, right? Yep. And, and look, the, the, uh, the, the big game is going to be UCF-USF. It's here at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, so I will be at that game. I'll, I'll be the, on, uh, the, uh, the correspondent. Uh, bringing you all the action. Wearing your bull shirt. Live from Ray J. Hell yeah, I'll be wearing a bull shirt. Come on. Yes. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Support where you live, right? Exactly right. Support where you live. Uh, Unless you're Shay or Todd or Sean. Other than that, you support where you live. Stop. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan <laughs> trounces Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan back in the – kind of in a position to – look, Michigan's in a tough stretch. They play Penn State and Michigan State over the next couple weeks. Um if they can get through those games, that game in Columbus becomes pretty mighty. Um, Harbaugh's chance to, to shut up the doubters. Todd, let's stop and talk about Vandy. Florida mm. beats Vandy in a, in a very ugly game. Uh, we knew it was going to be ugly going in. I think we all would have said 11 o'clock kick. Uh, you know, it's kind of that trap game for those central time zone teams where they kick it at 11. Um, Florida did not look good. They were down 21 to three at one point in the game. Log- largest comeback by a Gator team. I believe in 32 years, I believe, Kentucky, 87 maybe. Um, what did you, you see from the Gators? So, Sean, I was, um, <clears throat> I was at my son's lacrosse game, uh, so I missed the first quarter and a half, um, but I was kind of glancing at my phone and I saw a 21-3. Um, you always know, Vandy, they play us tough. This is nothing new. Um, we always – not always. We usually find – uh, a way to get out. I think we lost to him in 88, but other than that, you know, we've, we've got a long, uh, healthy streak, but listen, um, coach Mullen after the game, <laughs> I love this coach. I love this team. I even, I'm even warming up to the quarterback. I love Felipe Franks. Right. Um, but coach Mullen said, Hey, we are checking off boxes on ways to win. And this is another way you, you, you have to win ugly. You have to, when you're, when you're down a big score. Um, and, and they did it in this, this defense continues to, to impress me. Um, the offense, again, Felipe doesn't do anything spectacular. He seems to manage an the game. Um, still seems some areas where he can definitely improve. Um, there was almost a, a fight uh, middle of the field. I, I missed that, Sean, but I saw it afterwards. Yeah, I'll, I'll fill you in on that. Yeah, and they had a terrible, a terrible rule that I think should be changed uh, when, when Joseph got ejected, right? Yeah, I'll th- let me talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. run with it. Listen, yeah. so let me just share some stats in this game. Uh, first downs, Florida, Florida 31 first downs. Um, 12 of 19 on third down efficiency. Uh, Vandy, on the other hand, was 3 of 12, 25%. Uh, that's huge. Fourth down efficiency, uh, 3 for 3 by the Gators. Three times, including a fake punt. A tremendously timed fake punt. Great. Change the game, right? Clutch. Um, 292 yards rushing. 200 yard backs. Yep. 
Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, three turnovers too, and they, they've been they've been kind of living off the turnovers. So they they were, and one of those was on the first drive of the game. Felipe Franks doinked it off the helmet of one of his linemen, and it got intercepted on the two yard line. So the game changes completely if we score there seven nothing on the first drive, and instead it's um, turn it over and they go ninety eight yards the other direction. Let me talk really quick about that that uh, fight slash ejection because I want to get Shay and, and and Bill's take on this. So Voshan Joseph, number eleven on the Gators. One of our uh, defensive ends, a uh, solid player. Beast. He's a beast. Get, gets called for a, a very ill-advised personal foul. He One of those plays where the, the running back goes into the line and everybody just sort of stands up and his, his forward progress is stopped. They blow the whistle. Well, Voshan Joseph didn't hear the whistle, whatever, and he suplexed the guy to the ground. Like just just completely bush-leaked him to the ground. 15-yard penalty. One of those ones, that as, a, as a Gator fan, you're like, what are you doing? Like, you know, just a stupid – we stopped him. It was third down. They get the first down. Later in the game, Vandy kicks to Florida. Freddie Swain busts through a seam and goes up the Florida sideline and gets about a 25-yard gain, at which point one of the you know, blocking linemen comes back and almost cracks back on a guy. but Decleated him. He decleated him, but not helmet to helmet. It was pretty much shoulder to middle of chest. The guy, as he gets whipped backwards, his head flips back and he hits the ground and he, he lays there prone for a little bit. They throw a flag for a targeting call. As the guy's laying on the ground, and this is on the inside the, the far right hash closest to the Gator sideline, the Gator fans or the Gator players all kind of woof up like that was a big hit, right? And the Vandy players come to the guy's attention. Well, then each team started sliding closer. Well, then the entire Vanderbilt team – came all the way across the field to the far hash led by their coach. And the two teams are starting to jaw back at each other. Todd Grantham, the defensive coordinator from Florida starts yelling mm-hmm. at Derek Mason. Mullen jumps into the fray while they're attending to the guy on the, on the field. Here's what happened. They called a targeting foul. They went and reviewed it. They ruled it was targeting. That player was kicked out. As the two teams were jawing back and forth, they oh. called a team personal foul on Florida, which then became Voshan Joseph's second personal foul, resulting in ejection. Mm. Voshan Joseph wasn't even on the, on the field. He was, he was not talking shit. He was off to the side. So when they went to start the series of the next first play for the Gators, they wouldn't let the, the play start because number 11 was still on the field. And he didn't know he'd been ejected. He's like, but it, there was no other penalty on me. Have you ever seen a team personal foul? Anyone on the, on the panel here? Have you guys ever seen a team assessed a personal foul? Um, I'll answer no, not a personal foul. I've seen sideline violations. That's not right. a personal foul. That's the only thing I've ever seen uh, uh, kind of issued against a, a football yeah. team. Right. So the, the interesting question, and I guess these SEC legal need to answer this, why was Florida assessed a personal foul and not Vandy? Because Vandy, they literally came 80% across the field. Well, the Vanderbilt Commodores were probably using, you know, um, a protractor. <laughs> but, you know, they're the smarter team. You know, it's just come on, anybody, anybody can go to Florida. Yeah, but, you know, so it was just it was just a weird call. So Voshan, I can see why he's upset, but now he's gonna, I believe, have to sit out. The, he's he it was, was late in the second quarter when he was okay. So he, he just had to sit out the second half of the game. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So he's not out for Gator for the Georgia. No, no, okay. thank goodness. All yeah. right. All right, so. And I thought, you know, some of those, uh, maybe the maybe it's just the NFL, 
But those those uh, blind shot decleats, you know, generally happen on a turnover of some kind. Those right. are against there. Those are those are going away. You can't do it anymore, right? Yeah. I think it was I think it was the right call. Hitting, the hitting a right hitting goal. a defenseless player is what that yeah. is, right? So if yeah. uh, you're you're defenseless, if you don't, if you, oh, well, I know you should have your head on a swivel. And old school football guys hate the fact that you can't, you know, decleat a guy anymore. But you know, you got to watch out. We got we got to protect those guys because they're not going to protect themselves. Yeah. I think it was the right call. Uh, the, hit itself, the hit itself wasn't bad. I think he launched himself, but he actually left his feet. And I think yeah. that's what yeah. drew the flag. The that's hit true. itself, I don't think I think it was legal. I mean, think about it. All you got to do on that kind of a play is just kind of get in the way of the guy. You just try to keep him from getting to your guy. But the, the thing is, you want to take him out. I mean, you want to – look, look. I'm not going to go all all uh, soft on you on football, but, but the reason the, – the, the goal of many, many, most players I feel in football is to physically um, disable a guy for the balance of the game. If you do that, not the player out of the game, sure, that's all you're, 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 you won. Yeah, and that's what you're trying to do. And when you got a bunch of guys trying to do it, do that to each other, things are going to happen. And uh, they're trying to legislate it out, but it's going to be a long, long, tough road to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, a couple more. Uh, Virginia beats Miami. Mike um, Mark Rick just struggling to to find that signature. Uh, you know. Team, uh, USC beats Colorado, the undefeated Colorado Buffs. Uh, so USC, watch out. Are they – Todd, you're right. Maybe they're the team that, that knocks out Notre Dame before everybody gets a little too far ahead of themselves. Bill, I say it every year, right? Let's just wait. Yep. Games play out. Pump the brakes. I, I've heard it many times. Shay, do you want to spend any time on Tennessee-Auburn? You want to talk about that one? <laughs> Come on, guys. I thought he was just talking about that. That's messed up. Body blow, body blow. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. He was just sitting there looking the other way, and Sean just laid him out. Targeting. Targeting. Oh, targeting. That was targeting. I, I lost it was that a defenseless one. podcaster. Wow. I lost that one. Yeah. That wow. was a uh, Auburn. Auburn. Uh, Gus Malzahn might have the greatest contract in all of college football right now. Um, I think there's a $26 million buyout. Mm. Um, on Gus Malzahn right now. Um, so we'll see what there's, happens. Then. They lost two in a row now. goes around. There's a saying that goes around that um, <laughs> before our last AD went out of office, that was his last goodbye to Auburn, was overpaying Gus Malzahn. And <laughs> oh, <is> that, <laughs> I'll, I'll show them, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So um, interesting, uh, you know, Todd, you know, we have a week off for our big games, obviously. Uh, um, when game day is going to Pullman for Washington State, Oregon, you know you're probably not having a huge uh, game on the schedule. Um, but just just trying to look ahead and see what's what's coming up in week eight of college football before we get to the NFL and finish up the, the, the podcast. Um, any other thoughts on this week, Todd? Did you see anything you saw? Because right now, just looking ahead to next week, uh, Michigan goes to Michigan State. Oklahoma plays TCU. I got a timeout. Yeah, go ahead. We got a timeout. I got a timeout. Uh, first of all, um, am I am I good? You can hear me? I'm not glitching out. No. no you're okay. Good. You you missed one game, Sean. Um, a little game. LSU beat Georgia. Oh my God! Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Let's this talk about a tiny that. little game, right? Yeah. Right. A tiny game of Death Valley that changed good the call. scope of the national championship picture. So let's, yeah, let's, I I watched a lot of that game almost almost every snap. All right. So wait, let's let's. You want Bill? Do you want to cut this part out, or do you want to? Start over. No, you're good. Go ahead. All right, because all right, guys. Sorry about that. I did miss a good game. Todd, walk us through because that was a uh, somehow when Florida beat LSU, LSU was overrated. Uh, 
TB's Georgia now LSU also <laughs> number five in the country. Wow. Well, am I wrong? Because that's that seems to be the yeah. the vibe last week. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're. A, uh, I hear what I'm you're. I'm being saying. a fan. I'm being a fan. I, no, no, I hear what you're saying. But the fact is, we talk about it all the time, week to week. Um, just things change, right? And 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 I think Coach O said he was a little not aggressive enough against Florida, and he learned from it, and got super aggressive against Georgia. Um, you know, I was talking to my son. He's like, "Oh gosh, if we only could have beat Kentucky," and I said. I think Tom Stanford brought this up on Twitter, Sean. We're the team we are now because we lost Kentucky. If we if we beat Kentucky, we're going into Mississippi State and LSU, probably feeling too good about ourselves. There's going to be a, yeah. in Tennessee, yeah. So that said, um, Georgia's been a little exposed. I, I've been I've been a big uh, on their bandwagon, um, but I think they couldn't hide um, couldn't hide this week. Uh, Jake Fromm missed a wide open Hardeman. Um, that would have been seven nothing. He also missed a progression. A guy was wide open in the end zone in the second possession. So it, it's so weird. It could have been easily fourteen three, you know, instead of three nothing LSU, and then all of a sudden LSU just you know thirty six sixteen. My point being is, um, if Georgia starts a little faster, it's a whole different complexion of the game. That said, LSU, as much as I'm not a big fan of Burroughs, um, and boy, he, he played good. Woo, he boy, played he's, good. Yeah, he's good, and it makes Florida's win more valuable. Um, but as you guys know, and Shay, you can attest, Bill, it's week to week in college football. Um, it's just – that's why you got to wait and play all 12 games and let the, let the dust settle. Who was the last quarterback of Burroughs' style and stature have you seen that can kind of get through that line? He's, he's, he's sneaky fast. When he got through that line in that one run, mm. it, was, it was done. I mean, it was he, – he, really, um, he really impressed me in that game. Yeah, I don't know who he reminds me of. Um, he impressed me. I'm just, I'm just not a fan for a reason. Uh, but gosh, Ted, you know, he's good. Has uh, Jenny recovered from the game? She was actually. In, uh, <laughs> not, I don't want to. I, I don't want to bring it. I don't want to bring it full circle. But uh, the events that happened uh, in Florida, she actually said, "Man, you know, football game's just a football game." And I think that's why we all love sports. Yeah. Is um, you know, kind of, it's a good escape. So yeah, she took it real well. Um, and a loss is not going to kill them. Georgia still has its its goals uh, in front of them. Um, they can still control their own destiny and make it back to the to the final four. So they may use it to their advantage. We'll have to wait and see. Shay, you're going to say something, I think. Jump in. Well, not not to go back too far, but I'll give you a name uh, that Burles reminds me of, uh, who was coached by a, a former Gator coach, uh, Alex Smith. Oh, yeah. Well, like Alex it. Smith is a Bill's Utah, favorite. Very senior. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Smith drafted in front of Aaron Rodgers, right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. How how big is this game, not only in the SEC East, but the SEC and the national championships go? No two off team has ever made the playoffs. How big is this game, not this week coming, but the next week, the cocktail party now? Hmm. Oof. Well, here's the good news for, for at least from a, a Homer Gator standpoint, all the pressures on Georgia. I mean, Florida's not supposed to win. Um, Georgia was rolling into that game last week, you know, kind of penciling in they'll get they'll get Bama the second time around in Atlanta. Um, look, if Georgia loses this game, Kentucky is in the driver's seat. Yeah, think about that for a second. Hmm. Um, Kentucky <laughs> controls their own destiny if Georgia loses this game. I think it becomes a huge game, Shay. Um, and look, there's been a lot of times where 
um, where Georgia's come into that game with national championship or SEC championship um, implications, and the Gators have walked out of there with a win. And I don't know if there'd be a, a better plant the flag win for Dan Mullen um, that if he could beat Kirby Smart. I mean, you're talking about Kirby Smart and Dan Mullen that could be battling head to head for years. Um, they're going to be anyway, but but that win could be huge. Now, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I think Florida goes in probably, and you guys are the gamblers, but I got to think Florida's probably at least six-point dogs um, in that game. I don't know what, yeah. what you guys would say. I, I think uh, I think Florida's not going to sneak up on Georgia. First of all, Sean indicated one of the rivalries where Georgia's been one of the, you know, top two in the country and Florida's been three and five and, you know, throw out the records. It's just truly one of those, um, Sean, was it 97 or 2007? I can't remember, but Florida was literally number one in the country and we lost, you know, got crushed by a, a two Georgia team. So it was 07 because that was, that was the year that I know Sean Moreno ran for 225 exactly. yards. Mm. Yeah, sure. And sure. Urban Meyer and his team, uh, put them through hell the next year right? after. Yeah. 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 So um, I, I just don't think I love the Florida story. I love the coach. I love the, the team. I'm not convinced they're ready for primetime quite yet, even though I like the direction they're going in. And I think LSU lost. I think Kirby smarts, a good coach. He's going to, he's going to use uh, all these two weeks to, to get Georgia focused. I, I expect a tight game. I just have a feeling that Georgia's going to win, even though I'm going to be the Gator flag all day long. Sure. Uh, I'm hoping for for the best. I do like I, li- I like Florida's um, versatility. They they can run. Obviously, they got three running backs. Uh, I like Lamichael P. Ryan, but I think when when you get Scarlet in space, Scarlet, yep, impressive. And then Damian Pierce uh, is is really solid. And I like. Look, I don't know if you know this or not, Todd, but I think Frank's hit nine different receivers for for receptions against Vandy. That's that's big. Um, when you can start spreading the ball around and not go to that same guy every time. If he can learn to go downfield, I mean, that, that's the only real barrier you have, right? Yeah. So and I, I, that, that, that going downfield, I think, is a strictly a testament to the offensive line, mm-hmm. who I think continues to underwhelm. Um, Martez Ivy is a senior uh, and just needs to be better. You know, you say that, but they had 200-yard rushers, and we're geeking out way too much in Florida probably. But, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, anyway. Good call. Um, so just I'm looking at next week's games. Nothing really jumps out at you know on the uh, on the screen. You know that Oregon State at Washington State is kind of the only matchup of, of ranked teams besides Clemson, NC State. Yeah, and then Michigan State, Michigan, uh, Michigan at Michigan State. So that's always a an interesting one. Uh, uh, and don't sleep on Cincinnati. Cincinnati goes to Temple, um, and Cincinnati uh, going to be playing. I believe Cincinnati and UCF are in the same conference. Is that right? Um, they might play. I think they play, yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. they undefeated, number 20 in the country, kudos to Luke Fickle. All right, guys, let's, let's finish up with some NFL. Um, Bill, I just want to start maybe with Thursday's game. Um, it was an ugly game, uh, the Giants and the Eagles. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but Saquon Barkley getting a lot of love as possibly one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's played six games, um, but he's fun to watch. He is – Fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, you'd, you'd think that would open up the game a little bit for Eli, but I don't know what's going on there. Boy, that's, <coughs> you know, Eli's a bad quarterback. He's, yeah, he's, it's just, uh, in my right now, up. right now, he's a bad quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's a bad quarterback right now with two Super Bowl rings. Uh, you know, yeah, one more than his brother. 
uh, arguably one of the top three or four in the ever <laughs> game. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what have the games stood out to you? You know, I, I, I put on Facebook that I was super excited to watch the Browns and that turned into the Oof. flop of all flop games. Uh, <laughs> they just, I mean, they got destroyed from the very first drive that the Chargers touched the ball. Yeah. Baker Mayfield got sacked, I think four times in the first quarter. Um, not as many times as, as Mariota got sacked in Tennessee. Did you guys see that? 11 sacks. 11 wow, sacks, I yeah. I, I had the uh, Ravens defense on my fantasy team, so I did see that. Thank did you. you. Oh, my God. How many points did you guys get? <laughs> Nine million. <laughs> Nine million, yeah. <laughs> so 21 points for a defense is uh, awesome without a touchdown. Uh, how about, how about uh, pumping the brakes on that Bears uh, vaunted defense? Getting Brock Eisweiler. That was actually <laughs> a fun game. game to watch. I was watching that one on. Yeah, the, that overtime was amazing. You know? NFL ticket. It was a. Uh, it was a fun game to watch because it was just. I, I believe it was fourteen fourteen with about six minutes to go in the game. Yeah. It was seven nothing at half. Yeah. <laughs> well, so was, says, says the guy with the over. I had the over. <laughs> so they needed, they, needed, they needed five touchdowns in the second half. And, and you got they, it. They, they well, well, well beyond that. They bailed uh, you out. <laughs> how about, the, how about, how about how Kenyon Drake? Uh, oh. how, how relieved was he? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He literally was crying. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> yeah. Literally crying after the after the win. First they were tears of sadness, then they were tears of joy. Think yeah. of the pressure these guys feel, right? I mean, he, just, he felt like he let the whole team down. So I was like, I'm not. Uh, I won't make fun of a guy for getting emotional, um, unless he's a good friend. And then well, gotta, but let's go. Let's go to that New England game, and uh, <laughs> you know, and freaking. Uh, you know, Mahomes just looking like uh, finally it all hit him in the first half. But man, that second half, talking about adjustments and things that the teams do, and you don't see it happen against a Belichick team a lot. But but uh, all of a sudden, Kareem Hunt's like the fastest man on earth. Terry mm. Kill, right? They're just there. And Kelsey, Kelsey gets open and makes it. Kelsey is oh. today what Gronk was five years ago. Yeah, yeah, he's a beast. I think Gronk still is a beast, but he's uh, you're right. He's older and hurt you know, banged up. That'll, uh, that'll help. That'll happen to Kelsey too, the way he plays. So that was fun. Help my, uh, help my Falcon, Sean, in a must win. Right? Yeah. Easy. Bucks, Bucks came back in that game. and should have won. I mean, two picks inside the five yard line for uh, Jameis. So, and you know, once again, if you break down that last play of the game, almost oh. a brilliant play. Yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson was just like, I don't know if he was not expecting the ball coming his no, way. He was expecting it. He was pissed that Evans bounced it to him. It bounced it. It okay. was a very selfish move because he knows if Evans makes a, a good throw to him, he scores. Yeah. And and when Evans – I mean, Evans was being tackled. He you know he did the best he could to get the ball to him. But they say they ran that play in practice. That's a that's a play they have in the book for that. And so because it didn't, um, didn't execute, they didn't review it, was – Jameis's pass to Evans backwards. Uh, it was backwards. It yeah, was okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I never. So. I never saw the, the down the line look. Any issue would have been there was a, when it. I uh, can't remember the receiver who kind of bobbled it, but it kind of went forward. But he picked it up. It was on the ground. He recovered it and he flipped it back to Evans. And Evans, was, you know, with another backward pass. Okay. Yeah. So Denver anyway. on a backdoor cover there at the end uh, against the only undefeated team left. Uh, Todd, mm. you know the, the, your Dolphins are getting ready to. To crack the, Let's uh, go Rams. Let's go Rams. Yeah, that's, that's – t- the Rams going into Denver, mile high, bad weather. That's a good win. That's a really good win. Cold. Good, yeah, win. Cold. Yeah, cold. yeah 40, under 40 degrees. Light snow. Light snow. Yeah, it was good. Guys. Oh, you want to talk about your Seahawks? Beating up on Florida. Are we going to talk about the Jags and how they 
Are we gonna are we gonna talk about the Jags and how they didn't show up against oh, the Cowboys? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, those uniforms were horrendous. I don't know what the, they were the bottoms were bad, right? The black the bottoms were bad. Yeah, were the teal bottoms and black shirts. <laughs> yeah, nah. they. Um, you know, I, I think the Cowboys fans uh, want to talk about Zeke and Dak are back, um, but boy, the Jaguars. You know, starting the season then beating Patriots in Week Two, um, they have not looked good, and that. that it, AFC South is is one for the taking. I mean, you know, I don't know if you watched the Buffalo finish. Um, <clears> they gave that Nathan Peterman basically just handed the ball to that that defensive back for, for the Texans. That was painful. Twice, you know, one one to tie the game or to, to, to you know give him the lead. Um, but Shay, you're right. That that Jacksonville team. Um, I think they took, they're going to end the season. They're going to look at this whole stretch here. These last three games. They have not looked good at all. And I don't know if you can blame it all on Bortles because uh, yeah. the defense, who was their yeah. vaunted side of the ball, has just given up a lot of yardage, a lot of points. Yeah. Yep, that, that was their the, – the, the Jags' defense was everything for them. And if that's uh, the way they're headed, they're in trouble because they need, they need to be the 2000 Ravens to, to get to the Super Bowl or 2001, right? Yeah. They've and got guess it. what? Don't look now, but Brady and his team are, are starting to put up points. and yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, Steelers, boy, they they got the Bengals number. Um, Bengals came back and scored and took the lead, twenty-one twenty, with a minute eleven to go. But here's the problem: they took the lead with a minute eleven to go and yeah. three timeouts for Ben Roethlisberger with Antonio Bryant and Juju uh, Schuster. Schuster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the same thing. Much like imagine the uh, I mean, same thing happened with, with with as soon as the Chiefs scored and left all that time on the clock for Brady. You know, you you just kind of knew that game was over too, and and Brady's like an expert at milking the clock. They just did a great mm-hmm. job of just to driving it down, leaving nothing, kick it, and let's go home. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then what's going on right now? Uh, it looks like hey, San Francisco came to play. Uh, yeah, they're four twenty three. Yeah, uh, early in the third. So this is a that's gonna that's kind of a shock to be quite honest. Should have right. been should have been kind of a walkover. And you know, it's obviously you know it's hard to say in week six, but this becomes a must win for the 49ers because with the Rams, you know, where they're at. Um, and I, I believe the Rams haven't played anyone in their division yet. You can probably assume two wins against the Cardinals. Um, Shay, what's the, what's the talk up there with the Seahawks are, you know, they're kind of just, they're kind of ebbing and flowing below the, the upper echelon of teams. It's um, it's a lot of false hope here hmm. uh seahawks actually uh they they put on a great performance in in london this week against the against the raiders uh holding them to seven points and a lot of people here believe the defense is back uh russell Wilson actually has some new weapons chris carlson and the running games actually flowing again but it, it helps when you play the Rams the week before and you take them down to the wire and then you go to London and you blow out a Raiders team. But the fact of the matter is Seattle's going to be scraping and clawing to, to get a wild card spot this year at best. Yeah. All right, boys, a lot of stuff covered. Anything else we missed? Any other NFL games? Vikings win. Uh, I'm trying to think who else, who else stood out as, as winners. Um, no, we're good. Let's yeah, wrap her up. Yeah, the Colts, yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, Shane, what do you got coming up this week? 
Um, it's kind of a somber mood, man. We're excited because the season's kicking off on Thursday. Uh, our first home game will actually be LeBron's first game as the Lakers on Thursday. But uh, we had the death of our owner this afternoon, so we're dealing with that. Paul Allen, who's part owner of Microsoft, he's also the owner of the Seattle Seahawks uh, and the Portland Trailblazers. Actually, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a somber mood. We're trying to pick up the pieces and honor him and then figure it out and get ready with the season. 65 years old, never been married, no children. It's a, it's a tough one to deal with. It's a really tough one to deal with. Some, uh, I'm sure some um, charity is, is uh, going to benefit from some of his good deeds, right? Massive wealth, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's definitely really like big into the arts too. The Seattle, uh, the the Seattle Museum of Art, as well as the uh, the modern the modern Museum of Pop Culture over in Seattle. All Paul Allen. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. really big into the arts, really big into sports, and he gives back a lot, a lot into the community as well. So. Yeah, good for him. Raise the glass to him, and good luck to your uh, to your Trailblazers this year. We'll be watching them, uh, as will all stare down fans. Tom, what's up with you, man? What's going on with Asa Abloy Doors and Hardware? Oh, just business as usual, Sean. Um, got some training uh, on Wednesday. I'm not conducting, but I'm bringing in some some of my distributors. So that's always uh, interesting. I, you know, I, I think I told you I rep 20 brands. So um, it's good to, I pretend like I know it all, but I, I pay close attention and, and pick up things uh, when the manufacturer uh, representatives come in and do, do some training. So look forward to that. And um, again, mentioned before with, uh, with not Shay's news, but his, you know, his, his owner, um, and all the events that happened, uh, just take time out and, uh, like sports because it is what it is and it helps us, uh, distract and get through the day and give us something to be a part of and root for. But, uh, you know, there's more important things that we got to take care of and, and, and keep, uh, keep in mind. So I'll be thinking about that this week as I'm watching a lot of sports, including Green Bay trying to battle, battle back down 24, 23 right now. Nice. Bill. What's going on with you? Tell us who's coming up on the real estate sessions and what, where are you going to be this week? So I, I do head south this week. I'll be in uh, Fort Myers for three days. Got a ton of appointments booked, a couple classes I'm teaching. And tomorrow, uh, one of the original RE.net members, the founder of Barcamp, RE Barcamp, Andy Kaufman, uh, Ginger Wilcox's uh, husband, is my guest. Uh, very interesting conversation. He's a, he's a cool guy. And uh, we talk a lot about um, the, the start of the social web, you know, in the world of real estate. And Sean, you were there. You were, you were part of that early too. And yeah. it's, it's neat to, uh, to go back in time with those guys. So that'll be a fun, it's a fun that's one. How, that's not Andy Kaufman from Taxi. It's a, uh, <laughs> spelled, yeah. spelled exactly the same way. Spelled, and it is, yes. it is my opening question to Andy is how many times do you get this, these references about, you know, Andy Kaufman? Yeah. yeah, he goes, he goes, yeah, quite a bit. He goes, generally it's my age and older though. Right. right. Did, did you get him, Bill? I, I, I respect, I, I don't always get his comedy. I loved him. I, you know, okay. I, I big fan of what he did on SNL. Uh, he was definitely like a performance comic, if you want right. to call it that, yep. where he can yep. do crazy stuff. And that whole thing with, you know, with the uh, Lawler and the wrestling thing, all a setup, all a gimmick, you know, that, that was uh, talked about later after he died. Um, so it, it's, he, he's a, uh, he, he was pretty crazy. It was, was, was he Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey? Or uh, I don't know, because Jim Carrey uh, was a little more slapsticky. Yeah. Kaufman was unique, man. He yeah. and, and Shay, I don't know. Do you know who we're talking about? Andy Kaufman, uh, Man in the Moon. 
what is the name of a, a movie that Jim Carrey starred as? Wait, he's a, no clue, guy. Yeah, no, no clue, no clue. Yeah, it's worth hitting Wikipedia and type in Andy Kaufman and read some of the crazy the stuff he did. Yeah, he had this character, this crazy character where he played a just a real gruff like nightclub comic. And he was a real asshole, and then he, but he also one time just came out and sang the the um, Mighty Mouse song on SNL. That was his whole skit. He just sang yeah, "Here We Are" to save the day. Right? Yeah, this is crazy. Is he more like Sasha Baron Cohen? That would be a reference that Shane... Oh, similar, yeah. Similar, similar. but... but And then you're not sure if he's being real or not, yeah. Right, even more out there. And then he died of cancer at the age of 35. So yeah, well, wow. way, way young in his career. That was uh, way too young, so... Well, Bill, a, a hat tip to your, your conversation with David Marine last week. I thought that was... Man, you went deep uh, into the Jake DeGrom stats, and uh, that was a... <laughs> Fun conversation. And David, I couldn't resist. The guy's such yeah. a Mets homer that we, 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 we need to have talking. David on the show here. Uh, we need him on here. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah it'd be sure. fun. So we'll, we'll get him to fill in one of the days when Shay's uh, working the night game on a Sunday night. You got it. Yeah, it's perfect. Like so, uh, right. guys, I'm in Iowa uh, this week for a couple social media trainings with our great friends Stephanie Sersland. She says hi to all you guys. Awesome, uh, loyal listener, and um, you know some social media training with her company, Coldmaker Real Estate Professionals, in Iowa City. Then I go up the road to Cedar Rapids. On uh, Wednesday for a couple sessions, then back into Iowa City on Thursday and Friday before flying home for uh, for the week at home when Riley, Riley gets back from fall break. So uh, good to see my daughter. So hey, good conversation, guys. Always good to chat with you. On behalf of Shay, welcome back, Todd and Bill. I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to the Stare Down.